best tool um, for you to know what's going on, what's happening. Um, that way, if you have a question of what's happening this week, what's happening throughout the month, you know exactly where that is. And you can actually also go to the website. The website is going to be an even um, more updated version of that. Um, you know, Sunday mornings we have what we have, and then throughout the week things change, things happen, things come up, and that's where we will have the best updates for you. Um, and you can also go to our Facebook page. We will be more active with that page um, so you can see what ministries we're supporting, what ministries we um, are continuing um, to do well, um, and what is being updated with our members then and there as well. And also another way to get a good update is by texting LJC update. Um, that's going to be to that number, and you will get updates as they come. There might be things that get canceled um, abruptly, like um, we've had that come up a couple times this past week. Um, so that way you know what's happening and you're not wasting your time on, well, I thought this was happening, right? And so those changes can be covered up for you. I do want to remind you guys to not forget to grab um, your elements for the Lord's Supper. Um, we will not be passing the trays, so if you have not gotten that, they're back there in the table by the foyer. Um, and also, um, we will have the um, box at the far back um, in the entryway to give um, back to the Lord um, and continue those ministries there. So there won't be a, co um, a collection um, passing of the collection plate. Um, so that can be done there as well as having the um, online giving. So if you want to know how to do that, if you don't know how to do it, but you want to do it, um, come find somebody that does um, know how to do that. Don't come to me. I, though I'm young, I don't know how to do it. So um, we get it. It's all right. And then we also have the Ladies Renewal Weekend. Don't forget that the sign-up for that is still open. It is coming up. Um, it's going to be a very great opportunity for all of our women to know exactly um, how it is to best serve each other and the Lord and just the community overall. So um, you register for that, and you can contact uh, Sharon Ritchie or Jamie Gay to know exactly what, the, what those details are and what's coming up for that. Um, life groups, that's going to be coming up. That's going to be a great change, um, a great moment for us to just be together and just go back to the rhythm of what it was, whether that be, a, be via Zoom or via in person. Um, the blessing of being in community and doing life together, again, is a great time for us, an opportunity. Uh, the drive through shower for Carson, Capri, and Rudy are, is coming up as well. Um, you can look at the date and the time for that as well as um, how that is going to function if you have any questions. Um, reach one of the leaders of the community of the congregation they will be glad to help you with that for praise kids there will be no praise kids this morning um, I believe everything else is happening is that correct so um, stage two and limitless kids um, that's happening but praise kids um, that will not be happening during worship thank you guys again for being with us this morning um, it is always just a great moment for us to just be together and gather together and worship and uh, go back to these songs and just be together and do things together so Good morning and welcome. Let's stand again as we sing this song together. Lay your burden down every care you carry and come to the table of grace for there is mercy. Follow your 
singing what are some of our older songs today as part of our service. Uh, they're not necessarily as familiar because it's been a while since we've sung the old songs, but we've also kind of updated some of the words for the idea that we're talking about in our lesson today about the fellowship, the body, our relationship in Christ. So join me as we sing, Take Time to Be Holy. Take time to be holy, be God with our Lord.
Good morning. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, our mighty God, our Creator, our Savior, we come to you at this time as we gather here, and we thank you for allowing us to be blessed, to have the freedom to worship your holy name. We thank you for the visitors here today, dear Heavenly Father. We pray that you help us to welcome them in a, in a manner that shows love to them. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the blessings that you store upon us and for the many more that we fail to see at times. We pray that you guide us and protect us. We pray that you help us to, to make a positive change, dear Heavenly Father, in this earth, in this world, especially of what's going on. We pray that you help us to, <clears throat> to worship your holy name through the good and through the bad. We pray also, dear Heavenly Father, that you be with all the missions going on around the world, especially we raise uh, Lindsay Singer, dear Heavenly Father, at uh, Puerto Alegre in Brazil. We pray that you be with her. Pray that you be with all those who are involved at Hope Up House and that you allow them to be that conduit of yours, dear Heavenly Father, that reflects your light, your kindness, and most importantly, your unconditional love and allow everyone to see that <clears throat> your love is not limited, dear Heavenly Father, and that it's never too late. And we pray that you be with them along with every, everybody else, dear Heavenly Father. And all this we pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We've been studying about uh, how we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind. But this part of our service, we reflect on the other side of that love, and that's that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Uh, this is a fairly basic, simple song, but it really reflects that idea for us. Oh, how he loved you.
Good morning, church. Whether you're with us here in person or online, we welcome you. And we're to the part in our service where we set aside some time to think specifically about the most transformational part of our lives, which is the fact that the Lord that we serve loved us enough to come to this earth to show us a better way to die and to be raised. Um, some text here this morning, I think it, uh, it speaks pretty loud. I'm going to read. We're going to be in Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 1 and going through down about verse 6. Jesus left there and went to his hometown. Accompanied by his disciples when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him, <clears throat> that he even does miracles? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives and in his own house, was a prophet without honor. He could not do any miracles there, except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. <clears throat> and he was amazed at their lack of faith. There's a few things I think worth note before we uh, have a prayer. One of the things that's always kind of funny about this story to me is it's like I can see these guys at the coffee shop, you know, and Jesus walks in and it's like, well, who does he think that that's Joseph's boy? Who does he think he is? So that's kind of funny. But what isn't so funny is that he could not do any miracles there. It's amazing to me that the attitude of the people prevented Jesus from being willing to do his work there. That's a pretty powerful lesson. How tragic is it that the hardness of heart or the disbelief or the fact that they just kind of resented him kept Jesus from doing who knows what. I suggest to you that there is a lesson for us. Are we limiting the influence and the impact of what God can do or will do in our lives and in our community because of our attitude, because of our disbelief? I think it's really appropriate <clears throat> that as we gather around the table to, to commemorate the Lord's Supper, that we really analyze, are we limiting what God can do to us because of our attitude? Would you pray with me? Well, first of all, get your little, it's not a communion tray anymore, it's a communion hourglass. Let's bow holy and righteous and creator who made us and everything in the universe we stand before you as your creation we are men we are not God father we thank you so very much that 
in a time period long ago that we can't even imagine, you had a plan. And your plan was to make an earth and put wonderful things in it and beautiful scenery and wonderful oceans and lakes and mountains. And you put animals and wildlife and beautiful things. And then you also put something that was made in your image and that is us. And you put us here for a purpose. But also in that creation, it became so clear that we couldn't make it on our own. We needed help, help from above. And you looked down and you had mercy and you had compassion and you sent your precious son here. And he lived a life of poverty, of service, and ultimately he was rejected and murdered. And Father, is it, it is sin that did that. But we also know this morning that because of that life of Christ and because of his suffering and his death, that we have hope, that we are not lost. Father, as we take this emblem this morning, we break this bread, we pray that we would do it in a way that honors that, that recognizes that this, that this bread represents his body, that his body was brutally beaten and that he was killed. And he didn't deserve it. But he did it just so that we could live. Father, this morning is our prayer that we appreciate that that our minds are right and our thoughts are pure and that we acknowledge all that you have done and you continue to do. And it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Would you pray with me again for this cup? Father, again, we, we offer a prayer and we pray to you that we acknowledge that this cup represents the blood of your innocent son. That he came here not to overturn the leaders or create chaos or do the many things that were expected of him. But he came here to love and to serve and to save people from their sins. Father, we believe that and we know that and we were convicted of that this morning, that as we take of this cup, that as we drink, that we would, that we realize we join him in service to you and that we acknowledge that it is his blood that saves us. That when you look down on your creation, you see not the sin, you see not how far we missed the mark, but you see only his perfect love. And that his blood sealed that sacrifice so that we could be saved. We ask this prayer again in his name. Amen.
all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Again, I, I challenge you that this, that this Lord's Supper is a time of renewal, that we vow to be better. It's also our custom to have an offering. Uh, again, we don't really pass a plate anymore. We have some places in the back, or you can do it online. And we have a kid's gift that we're going to do here, but we offer a prayer for that. And so I ask that you bow with me. Our Holy Lord, we also acknowledge this morning that we, particularly in this country, are so blessed. We come to air-conditioned buildings after we've left air-conditioned homes to ride in cars that are amazing technology. We just simply have so very, very much. And it is even times that our, our bounty of blessings get in the way that we, we take them for granted. And somehow, some way, we start to think that we are deserving or that we are good enough when in reality that nothing could be further from the truth. Anything and everything that we have is simply because you have been merciful enough to give. And anything and everywhere that we go and accomplish and get is because you have provided the way. Thank you for all these blessings. Fancy cars and nice homes, our jobs and our families, our health. We thank you for all of those things. And Father, now is the time to give, that you've called us to give back just a portion of, of the blessings and prosperity that we enjoy, that we give it to you, that we give so that it furthers work in the church, and that it also is a reminder that you are the provider. Father, this morning we pray that our hearts would be good and right and true, that as we give, we would do in a way that honors you as well. Again, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Those who are here this morning, we still have our kids' gift. Probably a little difficult to throw the money through online and make it in the bucket, but it's a spirit still there. So uh, the kids' gift goes to further some of our work that we do abroad, and it's just a really neat time to get our children involved.
we sing the song together. How sweet, how heavenly is the sight when those that love the Lord in one another's deep sea glide and so fulfill the word. When each unfielding brother sighs and be reading from the book of Joshua, chapter 24, verse 7b through 15. Then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hand. I destroyed them before you, and you took possession of their land. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did also all the other peoples of the land. But I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you. You did not do it with your own sword or bow. So I gave you a land which you did not toil, and cities you did not build. And you live in them, and you eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors, worshipped beyond your Euphrates and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served before the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. It is my prayer that you have been blessed to meet Dennis Rinker and uh, Shelley and Maiden as they've come to join us in recent months. And 
Uh, Dennis, thank you for that great reading this morning. I appreciate it very much. I need to let you know, and I, I'm guessing that most of you know this already, but we're uh, wanting to be sure and communicate as well as we can. Your caring and sharing has it on the back of the of the caring and sharing, but I wanted to say out loud and, and welcome her. Uh, we are welcoming uh, Dara Frazier to the office. Uh, as you know, about a month ago, we said uh, goodbye to Cindy, who was leaving us behind to go on to a higher calling of taking care of her grandbaby, uh, new grandbaby, and we blessed her in that process. And we have been very, very blessed to add Dara Frazier to the office in a very similar sort of role. Um, Dara has been working with us for a very long time. She has filled in uh, many, many times in when people were sick and different things were going on. In fact, it's just kind of amazing for one of those people that fill in. Uh, there were a couple of times where we had problems and couldn't get the caring and sharing printed until Saturday morning, and she would come up here on Saturday morning and make sure it all got done. So we're really thankful to have Dara with us. If you've called the office and she's answered, you've been blessed by her voice or Jamie's voice if it's another day, but we're really glad to have she working with Jamie and uh, in our office together. And uh, again, we're really thankful for that group. It's not a big surprise that uh, Dara and Brian are proud of their son, Callan, and so he, he takes the feature position in, a, in this picture. Um, and we're blessed this morning to have uh, Callan and uh, Garrett filling in to sing bass with us this morning, so I really appreciate that a lot. Would you please join me in welcoming Dara to our, our office staff? I'm going to ask you to stand again. Sorry about that. Um, by the way, uh, it, it sometimes gets lonely up here. And, um, and on a day like Labor Day Sunday, when so many of our brothers and sisters in Christ have found their way to other places, um, if after you stand... You are led by the Spirit, just overwhelmed by this sense that I don't want to leave Alan alone all the way up there. Then no one is going to stop you from moving forward and taking up a different seat a little bit closer. Uh, I will promise you that the seats at the front are small enough back. My spit cannot make it that far. We have measured it. That's why those seats start there. So if you can join, join me up here, I'd appreciate it very, very much. Just... So you know, there's a curveball coming on this one, so uh, just be prepared. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And the whole church said, Amen. You may be seated. For Israel... After Egypt, it wasn't simply about a family. You need to kind of picture, while many people went with Jacob down to Egypt uh, when that occurred, during that famine, and Joseph invited him to come, it was still, for the most part, just a family. And while everyone who left Egypt could tie themselves directly back to that family, it was much less of a, a family unit and much more of a community unit. It was a group of people that were tied together, yes, by heritage and, again, by genetics, but they were a full-blown nation. Again, the thought that at least a million people went through the Red Sea together, and that number, in reality, actually grew before they came into the, the land, before Moses preached the uh, sermon that we have recorded in Deuteronomy, and we moved into 
uh, the rest of their time together. They were a nation, but they didn't see themselves in the same way that you and I see nations. They saw themselves as connected to each other and needing each other. And part, again, we could say as a family, but it was more than the way you and I would define family. It was more about the idea of we are community together. The idea of life together was essential to what God wanted to see in themselves. They weren't going to make it on their own. They were going to engage in life in a way that, that this one's actions impacted another one's actions. And the blessing that God sent to each individual was intended to be a blessing to the whole. This was written, of course, into the scriptures all the way back in Genesis. This was, of course, written in the law when it was given there on Mount Sinai. Have you ever noticed how those first set of commands, that idea of relationship with God, immediately transition into actions that when we step back and look at them, they're not just about being a good person, they're about building a good community, a community where blessing can flow from person to person. And when in later years, when the prophets will step up and say, you have missed what God called you to do. When Jesus begins to teach and he says things like, you have heard it said or you have heard the command, he says, you didn't understand it because you thought it was just about you being good as opposed to understanding that your participation in what God wanted you to be doing, you're following his words and his instructions, was intended to build a community of blessing that not only blessed the members of that community, but was intended to set that community up as a blessing to all the peoples around them. We could go just a step further, if you don't mind, to be a blessing to the whole world. You might remember that when God called Abram, he said to him, I am going to bless you. And you are going to be a blessing to all people. From you will become God's great blessing to bring uh, the newness that God always wanted people to be engaged in. To bring the redemption that God wanted them to experience. I don't know about you, but sometimes this happens to me. Just real quick story if I can. I will be, for instance, have you ever noticed, and, and again for me it's the trip down Oyster Creek. All right? I'm, I pull out of Yopon and I turn onto Oyster Creek, and that lighted circle way turns green just before I get there. Woo, life is good. And then the life at any at circle way, it turns green right before I get there. Woo, moving on. And by the way, there's not enough traffic built up. This is becoming less and less common. We got all this traffic now in Lake Jackson. I think I've been here for 13 years, and we went from being no traffic jams to now there there lots of people stacked up in too many places. But then you get to anyway. And you roll on through there. And then you know it's going to be a great day when you get to 288 and the light turns green and the world opens up in front of you. Now, the problem with that is you can kind of sit back and, oh, man, this is going too well. And I'm one of those fuel economy people, right? Some people like to brag about their car and how many horsepower it has. I brag about how many miles per, hour, miles per gallon my car gets. And uh, I'll, I'll take anybody on. I'm doing pretty good. 120,000 miles, 42 plus miles per gallon for every single mile. Yeah, you got a Prius. Don't be bragging too much. Uh, 
So the bottom line is, I'll set the cruise control at about 32, and the battery will kick in, and I'm just rolling. Life is good. And if I don't watch it, we'll get up to Walmart, and, and that light will turn green, or it'll never turn green, and I'm almost asleep because everything has come together so well. Have you ever been caught off guard like that? Or maybe, dads, dads, remember putting together got to check my audience here special presence at a special time of year that need assembly okay you got me now and everything's just going along so well right and then you get down to just right it's just about to come together and you look down and there's a part that's not there and the next thing you try to do, you realize, man, it's just gone so it just all the pieces have come together. And by the way, in my life, this is a rare occurrence. So when it happens, I'm like, whoo, God, thank you very much, kind of thing like that. And then you get down and there's that one thing. And the last part is not going to go on until you disassemble it all the way back to that one part. And you're like, things were going so well. And then the, and what's the phrase we use? And then the wheels fell off. Can you say, and then the wheels fell off? You might remember something like that. To a certain extent, today's lesson, we're going to look at how the wheels fell off for a man named Joshua who followed Moses in the leadership of the people. You see, from the very beginning, God intended for his people to understand that he's tying them together and he wants them to be dependent on each other as they are dependent on him. He wants them to see their life as not just lived for themselves, but lived, and again, not only for God, but the good of the community. It's kind of interesting that as we read through the first five books, we come to Exodus and God will spend about seven chapters explaining to Moses how the tabernacle is supposed to be built. This place where they were to worship and sacrifices were to be offered and those kinds of things. But when we turn the page, we get to Leviticus and it continues with explanations about how you're to do things right in worshiping God. It's very interesting. You turn to Numbers, not the first chapter, but the second chapter. And God has a very specific plan. Not for the way you're going to sacrifice this or offer that or this that you're going to wear. He has a very specific plan about the way he wants the tribes to live together around the tabernacle. It's very interesting to see diagrams of that. This is just one kind of depiction of what it was about. But the idea, I, I love modern people, of course, put nice roads in between them, and it's all very square and things like that, like a military camp. And I don't see that as probably part of what they were doing. Everybody kind of had their own size tent, and it wouldn't necessarily fit with all this kind of stuff. And, and the whole idea that there would be roads in between all of them is just kind of like, what? But there was an organization. God said, if you're going to do life together, yes, I'm going to be in the center of it, but even the way that you assemble around me is going to be part of who you are as my people. This idea of, of togetherness, of life together, was just in the water of everything that they did. If they breathed, you can imagine living in tents in the wilderness. If you breathe and you talk and you do things in your family, there's no sense in which the next family over isn't going to know everything that's going on. It was life that was kind of built together. 
I want to draw a specific idea that Deuteronomy, again in this sermon that Moses preaches as the people are about to move into the land and he's preparing them to be that people of God but also that people that do life together. I want you to hear from Deuteronomy chapter 15, this specific example. There should be no poor among you, for the Lord your God will greatly bless you in the land he is giving you as a special possession. You will receive this blessing if you are careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today. Very powerful way. Did you hear the scripture during communion from Acts? They broke bread together, but they shared their possessions. They were doing what God told the people to do in the land. They were doing now that this new church, this new Israel had been established. And notice that God simply is very clear about this. I am going to provide for you in abundance. There is no reason that you should have poor among you. And again, here's the key. As long as you follow my commands. That is to say, we're not going to be a people who are covetous. We're not going to be people who are jealous. We're not going to be a people who steal from others. But also, we're going to be a people who share. Continuing in verse 6, the Lord your God will bless you as he has promised. Verse 7, but if there are any poor Israelites in your towns when you arrive in the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Instead, be generous and lend them whatever they need. Now, before we go on, if you've already read the context of chapter 15, you know that it opens with this idea of something very important God was saying to them. In the same way that God said, I want you to stop once a week on Sabbath, and I want you to depend on me to carry you through. I want you to depend on me that the six days that you worked will be enough. And then also God asked them to tithe from the first fruits of their, of their crops and harvest. And that again, the idea that it's just about to come in, and the first thing I cut, I'm going to give to God. Is about depending that God will give me what I need and what is to come. Now part of that process in the beginning of chapter 15 will say, as you live together and your life together in the land, I want you to be sure that every seven years you relieve everyone's debts. In fact, after this section of scripture, he will say, if you have a slave, you want to be sure and let them go every seven years. And so when he is saying, I want you to give to your neighbor, I want you to lend freely to your neighbor, he comes to verse 9 and says, do not be mean-spirited and refuse someone alone because the year of canceling debts is close at hand. We got any businessmen in here? Any people who work on money and things like that? And we weigh out the risk of I'm going to invest in that or I'm going to put this in, I'm going to invest in this way. God says, yes, the seventh year is coming and you're going to relieve all those debts. But don't you dare be the kind of people who would push against the blessing that God has given you. That you would choose to put blinders on the fact that God has given to you so freely and so richly and so undeservedly that you would harden your heart and not help someone in your community because, well, wait a minute, if I invest that here, it's not going to come back to me. I'm sure they're just going to let it wait until that year of relief comes. 
He says, that's not the kind of people you're supposed to be. And I would say, because that's not the kind of God that I am or the kind of God that I have been for years. If you refuse to make the loan and the needy person cries out to the Lord, now isn't it interesting? It isn't just a good idea to be generous to each other. It isn't just a good idea that we do life in such a way that we don't think just what's best for me. It is sin to violate that principle. You will be considered guilty of sin. Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. And again, understand here, this is again where those, those economic principles come together inside of us. Well, wait a minute, if I give too much now, I might not have enough left for. I, I can't give that much because I may need that at some point in the future. God says, I want you to give generously because giving generously expresses a dependence and an awareness that God is going to continue to bless us. It's not a zero-sum game for God. God will bless you in everything you do. There will always be some in the land. Jesus will quote this to the disciples. There will always be some in the land who are poor. This is why I am, by the way, not suggesting, not it might be a good idea, but commanding you to share freely with the poor and other Israelites in need. Again, it's going to refer directly to the slave thing. If a fellow Hebrew sells himself or herself to you, be your servants and serves you for six years, in the seventh year you must set that servant free. And when you release a male servant, again the idea that a male servant would be leading a family in some way, a family would be depending on him, do not send him away empty-handed. Give him a generous farewell gift from your flock, your threshing floor, and your wine press. Note the three different kinds. I'm going to give him meat, I'm going to give him bread, and you're going to give him drink. Very powerful kind of thing. Share with him some of the bounty which the Lord your God has blessed you. Why do we give? Because God's given so richly to us. But where this idea of life together really takes on, I think, a deeper meaning is that when we turn the page to the book of Joshua, you may remember Joshua is the person who begins to lead the people after Moses. Moses has brought them out of Egypt, taken them across the Red Sea. He was the one who went on the mountain and God gave the law to. He's led them and helped them get established. And it, well, I tell you what, there are very few transitions that you would be more afraid of than this one. But Joshua is encouraged by God. God tells him to be courageous and be strong. God tells him very specifically, you are to be a person who follows my commands and keeps my words very close to you. But he becomes the leader as the daunting task of reestablishing their foothold, their claim to the land of Judah, of Canaan, comes about. But it is not going to be done in some sort of vacuum. It is not going to be done as... Dennis read a minute ago, is not going to be done because their arm is stronger or their bow is more accurate. It's going to be done because God will help them and they will work together to accomplish those good things. So very quickly, three things that the book of Joshua, and this is just, boy, this is just the big bird's eye view here, but if you could walk through with me very quickly. First of all, 
they were doing life together because when they go across the river, there are already two and a half tribes, the tribe of Reuben, Gad, and half of Manasseh that have already established their homeland on that east side of the Jordan River. But Joshua makes it very clear, we're not going over here and you're not leaving us behind saying, oh, we've already done our part. You're coming with us. At least the fighting men of those tribes are going to come with us to help us in that process. We're going to do this together. In chapters 5 and 6, we have that incredible story. And, and again, Veggie Tales does such a good job of telling it. If you need to really hear the story of Jericho, go to, um, go to YouTube or go to Right Now Media and find the story of Jericho, um, Josh and the Big Wall, I believe it's called, and watch it. It's just great. But bottom line is it is as about as successful a campaign as they can have. Again, we would think back to the way God defeated the Egyptian army in the Red Sea without them lifting a sword. God is going to defeat the city of Jericho in a very similar sort of way. But it is about complete participation together. When you read the text, it's about all of Israel. And I realize there are several times in the book when it talks about all Israel and you have to kind of say, well, it looks clearly like it's just the leaders, representatives. This was an event that it appears all the people. I don't know about you, but it would be kind of interesting to take, pick a number, five, six, seven-year-old child, right? Day one, oh, this is kind of fun. Day two, we're going to do what? We're going to get up and do that again? And then we come to the last day and we're going to walk around seven times. Can you imagine how many times the mom or the dad had to answer? Are we done yet? Are we there yet? I have a feeling those wise moms and dads say, said, just wait. God is coming. God's going to show up. And that memory probably lasted with that child for the rest of their life. Jericho is defeated because of the complete participation of the community, which is a followed immediately by their own initial defeat at the city of Ai because the act of an individual caused the entire community to be defeated. You know the story. Achan, everything in Jericho was, was supposed to be devoted to God. Everything except Rahab's family. They got her out, everything else devoted to God. Except Achan saw some things that he thought, I'll just take a little bit of that and it won't hurt anything or anybody. Have you ever said that before? I'm just going to act selfishly for me this one time, and it won't hurt anybody. Unfortunately, people died in the attack of Ai. And while it was this little insignificant town and that shouldn't have taken any effort at all, God caused it to be a defeat so that they would understand, you guys are in this together. And you're going to have to hold each other accountable and you're going to have to help each other to understand that the action of the individual impacts the, the, the prosperity, the blessing of the whole. That individual act. Ultimately, Joshua is, is continuing a call that rings through the rest of Israel's history that we are in this together. Can you say that with me? We are in this together together there's so many times that the israelite history talks about people that 
to just step into evil as if that's their native language and just what they want to do. And then we have the stories from the same time of people who are righteous and hopeful and faithful. And yet, it is the actions of those who choose to continue in disobedience to God that God finally simply says, I cannot continue to bless you. My testimony to the world would be broken if I continued to bless you and they were carried off into exile. And it is in that point that they maybe actually learn the process of life together and begin meeting regularly in groups of communities that they called synagogues. We would call them churches. From the reading in Joshua 24 that Dennis read earlier, these words, these famous words, Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, that as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Now you need to understand, we might see this with modern, I dare say, American eyes, and say the idea is that Joshua is saying, I don't really care what y'all do, we're going to go do our own thing over here. Joshua says, choose. This is a, he's enacting what Moses told them to do at the end of the book of Deuteronomy. They are writing the commands on a stone. There are people on two mountains, and they're, they're talking about the blessings that will come if we'll obey and the, and the curses that will come if we don't obey. And Joshua says, not in the sense of, I'm going to do my thing, you do your thing, but in the sense of, you must choose, and I'm going to be the first one to choose. I will serve the Lord. And that is not a, whatever you do doesn't matter. It is an invitation. And maybe it's an invitation that you and I need to take a little more seriously. The idea that, that we view life from the perspective as if the whole church did community and did fellowship and did generosity and did obedience the way that I did it, the way I do it, would the church go very far? If the faithfulness of the church was defined by my own faithfulness, would the church be faithful? That's the question Joshua is asking, and that is the affirmation that Joshua is giving. Choose! And Joshua says, let me lead the charge in saying, yes. But it wasn't the idea that he's going to go out there and do it himself. It was that he wanted everyone to follow him in that. Very quickly, three questions. Not statements, three questions. But I hope these questions will make you reflect on how you think about doing life together. First of all, are my attitudes and actions impacted by my fellowship? Using that word fellowship there, and I want you to kind of download all the stuff that comes from the New Testament, which you think about the church, early church and its fellowship. We talked about that back in the spring, about what the fellowship was. And you can't define church without talking about what fellowship is. That Again, again that base level idea that we are going to do life together, that we're bound together by Christ and in Christ. But the question is, are the attitudes of my heart and my actions impacted by that fellowship. Let me give you just a very quick example. Some people have, uh, I've heard some complaints. We have the little individual thing. And, 
And haven't we always done it right with the trays and the cups and those kinds? That's the way Jesus did it, isn't it? And, and they say, oh, wait, wait. No, it's not the way Jesus did it. Jesus did it with glass cups. He didn't do it with plastic cups. You have a bad picture of how Jesus did Lord's Supper. But I want to point something out to you. As opposed to a complaint about this isn't the way we've always done it. And I recognize there is a neat blessing in that, that process of passing it together. But have you ever thought about the fact that we peel that back and we all partake of the bread together? Amen? At one time. We don't ever, when we break the bread and pass the tray, say, hold on to it until everybody, we're seldom. I have heard us do that. Hold on to it so we can all take together. Somehow or another, we think that would be denominational. But with this process, we have the blessing. And I can either have the attitude of, there's something wrong with this, or I can have the attitude of, there's something different about it. Yes. And me want to go back to the other way at some point in the future. For the moment... We have the opportunity to all partake at the same time together. That may not have no value for you. But I would encourage you that at some level, God wants us to think about the value of doing things together. Amen? How are my attitudes and actions impacted by my fellowship? Secondly, question, how does fellowship fit into my spiritual growth? If the answer to the question, how do you know about God, what you know about God is, well, I just read my Bible and I know everything there is to know, then I would say you have missed the target that God is pointing you toward. He has always tied us together so that we can be more of who God wants us to be. Can we read the Bible by ourselves? Absolutely. Can we come to, can the Spirit lead us individually to conclusions that are part, that are consistent with what God wants to be? Absolutely. Is that the only way that God wants us to grow spiritually? And the answer is an emphatic no. And the question would be, how does the fellowship fit into your spiritual growth? Finally, third question. Not just what you're getting from, but how do you answer the question, how am I contributing to God's blessing on my fellowship. Again, Aiken sat there and he said, oh, if I just take this little bit of stuff, and by the way, it was quite valuable, no two ways about it. It, it won't hurt anybody. But what he was contributing to was destruction. My question to you would be, what are you contributing to the blessing that this fellowship experiences? Is your prayer life by yourself, pointed towards how can I be part of God's blessing to this people? Is my time in the Word pointed not only to what God is shaping in me, but how can I be a part of what God's shaping in all of us? How am I contributing to God's blessing on my fellowship? I'm going to point out one specific example, and then we'll give the invitation. So incredibly blessed for years and years of, and it was primarily our deacons, but it's not just our deacons, of people who delivered communion to shut-ins. Now, again, 
the, shut, the doors to get to the shut-ins have been closed for a while, and so there's a reason why. But Mike Wunderlich is, is kicking that off again, and we're going to be looking at how we can do that better. And you think, oh, it's kind of inconvenient to give up a Sunday afternoon. Oh, it's going to take some time. There's a good football game going on, which would be a complaint before DVRs. It should never be a complaint again. But I want you to see the blessing that comes to this congregation because we care for people who can't care for themselves. I want you to think about the way God smiles because, make no mistakes, when you step in those rooms and those people see you, you bring them the caring and sharing and they, they get to experience praying together. And at least when I do it, sharing the supper together, not just be, being given to them. Their, light, their eyes light up and their face grows a smile. They're so thankful to be part of the fellowship. God's invitation continues to be, will you, won't you, please, let your life be about loving the Lord your God. If you are ready in any way to respond to that invitation, if you would like to begin the conversation about how you want your life to be more about that, you're welcome to come forward. You're welcome to seek us out anytime, anywhere. If you're online with us, there's the number you can send a message to, to us. It will be replied to, and we'll start that conversation. Loving God means loving each other. Amen? I invite you to come as we stand and as we sing. Blessed be the time that finds our hearts in Christian love. The Very quickly, um, just she wanted y'all to be aware that she wanted to be recognized and, and wanted you to know that she feels part of our, our church family, uh, has, was baptized here, grew up coming here, and, and maybe just had some time and distance and things like that. But Janice Robertson, Janice, would you mind standing? This is her granddaughter Christian that's with her. She has another older 
granddaughter, uh, Brenda, who's with her as well. Uh, she's been attending for years now and, and just wanted to be sure that we knew and that you knew that she wanted to be really part of this church family. And so uh, if you will be sure and kind of catch her on your way out and welcome her and get to know Janice, uh, I think you'll be blessed. She's been a blessing to me. I've asked Craig Nesbitt to come and word a prayer of blessing over, over that process, our fellowship together. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you this morning. We want to thank you for the uh, public acknowledgement. Uh, we are in family together with our sister Janice, Father, and we just thank you for this family. We thank you for the ties that bind us together. Father, we pray that, uh, that Janice will be a blessing in our life. Father, that we'll be a blessing in Janice's life. But Father, more than that, we just ask your blessing on this congregation as a whole that you will continue to equip each of us, that you will use each of us to sharpen each other and also to spread your, your love and your glory here in this community. Father, this is our prayer in the name of Jesus. I want to welcome everybody here today and those that are on the uh, video. Um, you know, the scripture that Dennis read talked about choosing to serve the Lord, and we saw that uh, in action here as Janice is deciding to come here. And, and last week in particular, we saw that when Aubrey uh, decided to get baptized, and, and we, that's something we should celebrate. And uh, we need to remember the as a church family, we have promised to support her in her decision, and we need to do that. Lisa and I were in Longview last week, and so we weren't here for that. We did see it by live streaming, though, and about 30 minutes after the baptism here, our two grandkids were baptized. So, <laughs> Thank you. Um, I want to thank you for your continued uh, financial support here, and and uh, and uh, that has our budget and our and our uh, contributions have almost match exactly at le at least on the last uh, caring and sharing that I looked at, and I want to encourage you to keep looking at the caring and sharing because there's additional comments and or news and stuff in there, and also a very valuable uh, tool to to see what's happening here is the. Uh, LJCC updates that Alan's put puts together every week. Well, tries to every week, but that's I think that's one of the good things from the pandemic that's happened is we've got this LJCC update that that Alan puts out. I know it's a lot of extra work for him, but really appreciate that the work that he does there for that. So. Also, want to remember that next uh, Sunday, September 12th, that's the last day to turn in your elder um, nomination. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Deacon <coughs> nominations, and uh, 2 p.m. would be the, the deadline for that there. But uh, remember to get those in. Uh, there are several new uh, uh, updates. Uh, for the prayer list here since since it came out here. Uh, Cindy Yates is in the hospital with uh, double pneumonia uh, with COVID, and uh, she was just recently moved to Clear Lake, so we need to remember her. 
Uh, we got a text message from Larry Kimmerling uh, just uh, this morning here that his brother-in-law, Joey Zapata, uh, passed away this Wednesday um, from COVID again. And, and we need to remember that as Larry's sister, uh, Tracy uh, Zapata, and, and their five children that they had. So we need to remember that family in our prayers. The services is next Wednesday in Dickinson. Um, we also uh, need to remember those that are in the prayer list. Wanda Long, uh, she is uh, in St. Luke's. Uh, she's been was in the emergency room for a while, but was eventually moved to to her own room, and and uh, she was allowed one visitor. And Bob is able to visit her one day, but apparently they've changed that policy so that there's no visitors now. But we need to remember Wanda in our, in our prayers as they're waiting for her to oxygen levels increase. Uh, some of the other members in the other people on the prayer list that we need to remember, Georgia and Greg Cherry, uh, Judy Carl, uh, Scott Stewart, brother of Sean Stewart, Mary Front, the daughter of Paula Roper, uh, Pam Riddle, uh, Rick King, the brother of Pam Riddle, and, and several of our members or uh, with COVID, Jamie and Christopher Hunter, Aaron Hudson, Michelle and David Wilson, Sean Stewart, Julie Sherman, Colton Foster, and then the uh, Yates family here is Chelsea and John Foster, Billy, Cindy, and Haley Yates. So we need to remember those in our prayers as we, so let's, let us go lift up to prayer to God in prayer now father we want we come before you humbly and recognize you as the creator of all things we thank you for the love that you've demonstrated to us we would like to lift up the names of those on our prayer list and we ask that you apply your healing hand and your comforting hand in particular be with Cindy Yates and the Yates family and Wanda Long and the Joey Zapata family <clears throat> We ask that you be with the leaders of our nation at this time as they address problems in Afghanistan and in natural disasters such as Ida. Help us choose to serve other, you, God, over other gods today, such as money and materialism and obsession with social media. Help us to love you with all of our hearts, mind, soul, and all of our strengths, and uh, love you as our, and as our neighbors and love you, our neighbors, as ourselves. Help us recognize those in need and get generously to support them through efforts uh, such as disaster assistance by Mike Bumgarble. And Father, we ask that you help us trust you so that we can be blessed by you. Do not conceal your love and faithfulness from us, but show us your mercy and wonders that you have planned for us. We thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, and it is his name we pray, amen. One of the simplest things that can destroy fellowship is an inadvertent word. Uh, this song, actually written, the lyrics are written by a Bible school teacher, uh, addresses this and really should encourage us as what the basis of our fellowship should be. Please stand as we sing our closing song. I
God bless you. Have a great week and spread a kind word.